Welcome to the Locum Strategist Podcast. I am your host, Simon Parsons, and this is the show where we help you take control of your skill set and create a life on your own terms by using locum tenants as a pathway to making that happen. On this episode, this is actually a continuation of the last episode where we're talking about how to reverse engineer the income and the freedom that you want to have. Last week, we talked about how to set some intentions and figure out what is truly important to us and start to shift in that direction, start to know what what it is that we want and be a little bit more intentional about making that happen instead of just letting life go by. And on this episode, we're gonna go a little bit deeper into the numbers and the strategy of how to make that happen. We're gonna take a look at how much you're making in your current role and break that down on an hourly basis because it's a good likelihood that you're making a lot less than what you think you are when you look at it from an hourly perspective. And then we're going to talk about the numbers that you actually need to hit to make locums work for you. So quick recap of last week's episode. One thing that I hope you found that was very impactful, and I know it's something that's impactful for me and shapes how I live my life, was I brought up a book called The Five Regrets of the Dying, which was written by a hospice nurse. And she had spent two decades of her life working with people on their last leg and she would talk with them and interview them about what they had as far as their regrets in life. And there was a lot of common themes that came up. And really quick, I just wanna bring those up again. So the number one regret of the dying is I wish I would have lived a life on my own terms and not based on the expectations of other people. Uh, Another one that that came up a lot was I wish I had let myself be happier. Another one was, I wish I would have kept up with my friends. And another one was, I wish I hadn't worked so hard. And then the last one was, I wish I would have allowed myself to express my emotions more. So depending on where you are at in your career, some of those might connect with you. I know that they hit home with me, but they also hit home with me because I talk week in, week out with people who are really suffering with their current situation and want to make changes. And so I feel like I have a hand in making that help and help, or excuse me, I have a hand in making that happen, but it all starts with intention. It starts with taking a look at your life and not just assuming that success is more money or working harder and to really identify with what it is that you truly want in life. So I, I also had you do a quick exercise to ask yourself how you define what success looks like for you. And then I asked you, What does freedom look like for you? And then I asked, what does wealth look like to you? Because a lot of times we have these definitions that we think are wealth or success or freedom, but we don't take time to ask ourselves, what do those things mean for me, right? So for me, success looks like having a great relationship with my family and my friends and having success in work, knowing that I'm making an impact, know that I'm helping others. Freedom for me is having time to spend with my family and not being working so hard that I wish that I could be with them, right? Wealth to me is not an actual number, but it's having an abundance mindset. It's managing my money well. It's having a good relationship with money. It's being able to invest into passive vehicles that pay me and give me even more freedom, right? So those are some of the ways that I define those three categories, but what does that look like for you? And I do believe that our brain is so powerful. It's like a supercomputer and it helps to know where we want to go in life. It's kind of like having a GPS system. 
And a lot of people just, I used to not understand what in, living with intention meant or being mindful. I didn't understand. I thought, aren't we always being intentional? Aren't we always being mindful? But we're actually not. A lot of people just live their life and do their thing and get by day to day without really having a clear direction of where it is that they want to go. And if you have a GPS system in your car and you just say, hey, take me out to the desert or take me to the mountains or take me to the forest, it's not very clear, right? You have to put in exact coordinates. So I believe when it comes to your career and to your life, knowing what success looks like for you, for you, the keyword is for you because everybody has a different definition. What does freedom look like for you? And what does wealth look like to you? Once you have those and understand what that means to yourself, then you can set your GPS system and start heading in that direction. Now, the other thing I wanted to mention is once you have that listed out, if you didn't listen to last week's episode, by the way, make sure you go back and listen to that first, okay? So once you've journaled that out and written down what success, freedom, and wealth looks like to you, then you need to prioritize that. What is the most important on those three on those three scales, right? And then the last thing to do is to commit to holding boundaries for all three. You deserve to have the freedom that you want. You deserve to have the success that you want and the wealth that you want, but you also need to know how to hold your own boundaries. Too often we're letting external circumstances dictate how we live our lives. And that's why so many people are so unhappy with their jobs, not just in healthcare, but in general. This isn't just limited to healthcare, but people in general, they accept what they're given. And sometimes they think that that's all that they're worth. That is simply not the truth. You get to define that, but you've got to know where it is that you want to go and prioritize what is most valuable to you in those categories and then commit to holding boundaries for all three of them. All right, let's start to dive into the numbers, okay? So when we start out in the workforce, at least most of us, right, we get our first job and usually we're making something on an hourly basis. I remember my first job, I was a dishwasher and it was a horrible job. (laughs) I was making about $3.36 per hour. I would go in there and I would wash these these dishes. They would be like so boiling hot because they had metal plates at this restaurant that I was at. Just burn your hands off. So I was trading one hour of my time to do that grunt work and I would get paid $3.36 in exchange for that. Later on, I got an upgrade. I started working at the Salt Lake Country Club and uh, went to $6 per hour and then to $8 and then to $10 an hour when I was a bartender, right? So my hourly was starting to grow. But on top of that... Every hour that I worked past 40, I got 1.5 times that amount. So I instantly got a 50% bump. So I was incentivized to work more than 40 hours per week. Being young, without kids, without a family, and nothing better to do, it paid off immensely to work more hours, right? So as a bartender, I was trying to get in as many hours as I could, and I'd get a pretty decent paycheck. But then I got into leadership and they put you on salary. So they switch you over to salary and your hourly looks pretty good, right? Because they take your salary and they divide it up on an hourly rate. And it looks to be more than what I was making before as a bartender. Maybe I went from 10 to $15 per hour. But here's where the reality hit home is I was working a lot more than 40 hours. So every hour past 40 I was actually making a lower hourly amount. I was trading more time for less money when I was on a salary. 
And that's what I'm seeing a lot of when it comes to medicine and healthcare and the frustration that people are having with how much they're working. So uh, when we all start out, when we decide we're going to be a doctor or a lawyer or whatever, we want to pursue a, a traditionally a high income pathway, seeing numbers like $200,000 a year or $300,000 a year, $400,000 a year, it seems like a lot of money because we haven't had that experience yet. We haven't made that amount of money. But the harsh reality is a lot of people that are in healthcare working way more than 40 hours per week. So even if you're making $400,000 per year, unless you're only working 40 hours per week, your hourly starts to drop and you get less time for yourself. So if you're only working 40 hours per week and you're making a high income, great, okay? Because you got plenty of time to do what it is that you want. You have time to be with your family. You have time to pursue the things that light you up in life, okay? But as you start getting into the 60, the 70, the 80, the 90 hours per week, that time for yourself, that much needed recovery time, and also the time that you have to live this life and do what you want to do starts to diminish, but what's even more insane is that you're out, you're actually getting paid less for, per hour for your time, right? So $400,000 a year seems like a pretty good, I, th I think most people would say that's a decent income, right? It's all subjective. Everybody, you know, we live in different parts of the nation. In Massachusetts or New York, 400 may, may not seem like a lot of money, but let's just use that number. Use whatever number that works for you, but we'll just use this as an example. But $400,000 per year, if you truly are working 40 hours per week, you're making $204 per hour and you have a decent amount of time to do what it is that you want in life. Now, if you're working 80 hours per week, you've just halved your income per hour. You're now making $102 per hour instead of $204 per hour. You are making half the amount, okay? You're making $102 per every hour that you trade for your time. And then not only that, but it also lessens how much time you actually have to do the things that you want to do. So I think it's really important in this discussion to understand how much it is that you make per hour. How you figure that out is you think about, you write down your total hours per week and you multiply that by 49 weeks. We'll just, maybe you have two weeks off per year, maybe you have three weeks per, I think most people have about three weeks per off per year. So that's 40, that leaves 49 working weeks. So how many hours is it that you're actually working? Multiply that by how many weeks that you're working and then divide that by your income per year. And when you have that number, you know how much you're actually making. Are you truly making $204 per hour? Or are you making $102 per hour? And the thing is, is when you start to compare that with locums, when you figure out how much you are actually making, you might be making a lot less than locum than you could do uh, by doing locums. And there's a lot of things that come into this equation, like how much freedom that you want. But once you establish what freedom, flexibility, and income looks like to you, then you can start to craft this around the life that you want to have. The next thing that we're going to do is we're going to come up with what I call your budget number. This is how much money you need to get by. And this could be different than your income. And the reason why this is really relevant is because if we're just guessing on what our numbers are, if we're just like, oh, $400,000 or $300,000 a year, that sounds like a lot of money. But we're not contrasting that with how much we need to bring in to thrive in life. We could be just getting by. We could be just on that treadmill. We make money, but then it goes out the back end and we're not really building wealth or getting anywhere, right? 
And what's even worse than that is when people aren't paying attention to this and their expenses, their budget exceeds how much they're bringing in per year because then they're going into debt. But what we, why we need to know this number is we need our income to be higher than our budget. Okay, this is like financial education or financial literacy 101, but a lot of people don't think about this stuff. So let's make sure, it's always good to recalibrate this too and actually see your numbers instead of putting your head in the sand like some people do. I actually did this for myself the other day and I found a really cool online budget calculator that you can use. I'm gonna drop that into the show notes and there's a million of them online, but I like this one because it was very detailed. It had you add in your mortgage, your automotive loans, your discretionary in, uh, spending, your vacations, your food costs, your savings, and your investments. And then it was able to give you a, a yearly number that you need to shoot for, right? So for me, like I said, I don't have a whole lot of expenses when it comes to like loans and mortgages, but I do like to take time for my family and go on vacations and have experiences, not just vacations, but local experiences. And then it's also important for me to put money away into savings and investments. So my number ended up being about 192,000 per year. Everybody's is gonna be different depending on what loans they have or where they live in the United States, their cost of living. But you need to find out what your number is. And then once you have that number, multiply it by 1.4. And that's gonna account for taxes. So obviously our taxes aren't going to be 40%, but I use that number because we're calculating on a bottom up number instead of top down. There's also going to be taxes are tiered, right? So uh, the other thing too is you're going to want to maximize your your deductions when it comes to being an independent contractor. So uh, I won't go too deep into that. Just know that one point multiply your budget number by 1.4 to account for taxes. That's going to give you your, your total budget number. For me, I need to bring in at least like the base level is $268,000 and hopefully exceed that without crimping into my time because that's important too. That's why we talked about prioritizing things is to make sure that you have your time for you budgeted aside. What is the number that you need to have as far as your freedom and then holding those boundaries? So for me, if I need to make $268,000, what's cool is as long as I prioritized and put time into the equation, how much time I want to have set aside for my family, then I can go up from there. I can make more than $268,000 as long as it doesn't impede in my family time. And that's what's happening with a lot of people. When you're working 80 hours per week, it doesn't leave enough time for you to do the things that you want. So after you have your number, let's just say that number is 300,000 per year. What I want you to do is talk with your locums rep and find out how much work you need to do to hit your numbers. And how you do that is you're gonna talk with your rep and find out what the average daily rate a physician makes in that specialty. So there's gonna be a number that's where the highest confirmations come through. But you can also stretch that a little bit, right? You can stretch it a little bit without pricing yourself out. And there's strategies around that, we'll go over that in a different episode. But just to break this down so that you can know your numbers, you're gonna find out what the at most what is the average rate that a physician makes in that specialty by doing locums. So for my specialty with general surgeons, they typically make between twelve and fourteen hundred as the base rate. That doesn't include overtime or pager fees or anything like that. But the base rate, I know that at the very least they're gonna make between twelve hundred and fourteen hundred dollars per day. And like I said, we can go up from there. But if I have that $1,400 as an anchor point and I divide that 
by 300,000 per year, it's going to give me a number around 200, 215. I can't remember what it was. But if I divide that by 12 months, that means that to hit $300,000 per year at an average rate of $1,400 per day, they need to work 18 days out of the month. So imagine that. If you're a physician and you're working, you're making $300,000 per year and you're working 80 hours per week and you're working 49 weeks out of the year, what if you could do locums and instead work only 18 days out of the month? That's a little bit more than half the month. That's what's possible with locums. And we haven't even optimized that, right? There's ways to optimize those 18 days even further. There's strategies that you can do if, as long as you have a good locums consultant, but we're talking conservative base numbers. We literally, literally just exchanged $300,000 of working 80 hours per week for locums where you can work 18 days out of the month, okay? And then you can even optimize from there to make more income while holding your boundaries. So I'm gonna wrap up this episode. Hopefully this is giving you something to think about. But again, you're gonna the first thing that we asked you to do was to know your numbers as far as how much you're making per year divided how much you're actually working per week. Okay. Once you know that, you know your hour how much you're actually making per hour, and it's usually a lot less than what you think if you're working 60, 70, 80, 90 hours per week. Okay. The second number you're going to know is your total budget number. You're going to calculate all of your expenses, all of your saving, all your discretionary income, the money that you spend for having experiences and vacations. And then you're going to multiply that by 1.4 and that's going to give you your budget number. Okay. Once you have your how much you're actually making and then your total budget number per year, then you can talk with your locums rep and find out what is the average rate that a physician in that specialty makes and divide it by your budget number. That's going to tell you how much you need to work to make the same amount in locums. It's probably going to be eye-opening. All right, so call to action today is to make sure you drop into the show notes and you can grab the Ultimate Locum Tenants Playbook that has a bunch of case studies, tips, tools, and tricks that I uh, put together in a PDF you can also book a call with me if you're a general vascular or trauma surgeon. Um, if you'd like me to put you in contact with a reputable recruiter in a different specialty, you're also feel to email. Feel free to email me, and you can give me topic suggestions or leave feedback or let, ask me questions, and I'm happy to answer them. Thank you so much. I will catch you on the next episode.